This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, hey, happy Tuesday. You're watching Splash Pages powered by the Dorkin and Podcast Network. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard. We have a kick-ass show for you today. It's, it, this is awesome. I'm absolutely psyched. But uh, with us, as always, Velvet Joker. How's it going, bud? It's going great. And we do have a great show tonight. In fact, it's totally awesome. And Get we out. have a person here that is part of the, the first layer of turtle history. Ninja turtle history, no less. Get so out. let's get this going. Drew. Oh, hell yeah. I'm not going to make any turtle puns because those were so awful. I'm going to crawl back into my shell. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> really excited to be here. Uh, obviously, we are talking to the man, the legend, Stephen Levine. How's it going, sir? Hello, I guess I have to say. I mean, is that, <laughs> we're going with this because we're starting that way. Okay. Oh, shell, Hello. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, so uh, for, for those that don't know, you were the first employee with uh, Eastman and Laird. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I go a little further back with uh, Calvin Eatman, as I like to call him. Uh, uh, Kevin and I went to high school together. Uh, so known him longer than I'd like to admit anybody should know anybody on this planet. Um, but thank God I do know the man. He's he's been a lifelong friend. Um, so, yeah, I was offered uh, in the early days of very early days of Mirage um, an opportunity to kind of join up and do the lettering on the comic books, uh, which of which I had never lettered a comic book in my life, never even thought about lettering. Uh, Kevin offered it to me. He was doing the lettering in the early books and uh, I know he hated it and he would have hired a monkey if a monkey would have been there at the moment, but I was lucky I was there, not the monkey. Um, and I, I actually went to the very first convention, uh, which was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, I had to be approved by Pete. That was that was the big thing. Kevin's like, well, once you meet Pete, if Pete thinks you're OK, you know, you can join. You know, I was like, oh, OK. So I went to meet Pete at their literally at their very first con. And 
for some reason, Pete liked me as well, and the rest is kind of turdy history, you know. Um, that's where I began. That was my my humble beginnings. And and they say Michelangelo is modeled after your personality. Is is that hairline. true? Hair, this is definitive right here. Hairline for sure. Right, right. Uh, yeah, you know, it's so weird. Uh, that came up. I, I started hearing it at conventions from people. Mm-hmm. And Kevin was had kind of left Mirage and was out on the on the West Coast and doing his thing for a while um, and evidently doing interviews. And I guess that came up in a couple of interviews. And uh, so I started hearing it from fans. And then I had to go find the interviews and go, yeah, I guess he did say that. But I I mean, I think all of us were saying stupid shit. Can I swear on this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, saying stupid shit around the studio that we're getting into the turtles' mouths eventually anyways, but I'm thankful he he said Mikey was mine because out of all four of them, I think I'm the closest to Mikey, so. Okay. And and did you, do you, would you say that is still your personality today? Kind of like the oh, lighthearted, groovy kind of guy? I feel like you need to ask everybody else but me, but yeah, you know, that's kind of the gist I get from most people is, yeah, I get it, you know, when they meet me at a show or something like that. They kind of like, yeah, kind of understand what they were thinking. I would say I'm more of the, I guess the guy in the studio when there was, you know, everybody might have been, a couple people were bickering about something and kind of like couldn't resolve it. I just kind of look at them like, really, really? You know, that guy kind of calling people out uh, in in a fun way and letting them know they were fools for being angry about nothing. You know, that type of stuff, so. Kind of like what Mikey does with Raphael and the rest of the boys in the you know the group. So I'll take that. Oh, nice. So, so you're, you're the guy who everyone's fighting. You're the one who was okay, but but pizza will. As long as I wasn't the guy they were fighting with, yeah, I was the guy dispelling it. Yes, and let's have a piece a piece offering of pizza. You know that type of thing. You know, so very nice. We, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Steve, I, I'm I'm loving the shirt there. Are you uh, uh, a gamer? Are you a big gamer? Oh, I think I've had I, I've had every system since Pong. Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a oh, wow. I'm a Sega and PlayStation oh. guy. So Nintendo. I, I played all of it. The beauty was uh, for me being more of a Sega gentleman at the time was uh, the multi platforms of the Turtle games allowed me to justify buying Nintendo and Super Nintendo just so I could check out the games and make sure they played correctly being the art director you know for the company i had to do that type of stuff so that was my justification but i always had you know game systems and yeah i'm a gamer nice yeah i i've been uh same here you know uh being a uh somebody that's you know up in years you know definitely started you know with pong and actually uh this is pretty cool um so i started hunting down uh, old atari games oh yes yeah uh, yeah 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 so uh this is a new addiction now trying to find you know complete inbox games well it's funny on playstation now you can well of course finding the box i get that but it's nice to be able to play like the old ataris and stuff like that on there uh, there's tons of emulators out there anyway oh yeah i mean sure. i but those games there, I mean, you can play. The beauty of those is, did 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 die? Go back to the beginning. You know, you know, you know. I remember when my kids were little uh, with PlayStation, when you could uh, write down the codes, you know, to get back to the thing. My three little kids would literally sit next to me. X square triangle circle. Okay, got it, Dad. You can, you know. So I we could go back to where we just finished up. So it was always very funny and kind of a nice thing, you know. And I we have pictures of uh, my kids when they were very little. I'm playing the games, and they both have two of the three were able to sit next to me and they both have controllers that aren't hooked into anything and they're just like you know playing nothing but i'm playing you know so it's just kind of fun <laughs> very cool <laughs> uh so uh what are you playing right now 
I, right now, I am playing most of mostly uh, like weird stuff. I don't have a lot of time to play anymore. Yeah. I really love the Uncharted game series. Uh, that was probably the thing I played the most religiously. Gods of War, uh, God of War, uh, yeah. um, and yes. then I play a lot of the independent stuff on on PlayStation now. I, uh, there's some was it uh, Redneck Chicken or something? I don't know. Some crazy, beautifully animated. Simple kind of side-scrolling fun game. I usually that's that's where I go now because I have such I, I limit my time. Yeah. So the, the bigger, the more epic the game, the less time I have to enjoy the cutscenes and everything in between. So I, it's kind of sad in that sense that I just I I, lim- I haven't bought a PlayStation Five and I keep looking like, do I need one? Kind of like my four still, but you know. Uh, the answer is yes, you do need one. <laughs> I know, I know the, the definitive <laughs> no. answer, yeah, but my meh answer right now is my is the time allotted. You yeah. know, um, I love Crash. You know, I, I love the Crash racing. I've got that. You know, I've downloaded some stuff. I just did. I well, kind of did stuff for a limited run for the new Shredder's Revenge game. Oh, nice. Um, cool. Let's see if I can. Just, yeah, I guess. yeah so, that, that comes out next week, I think, or this yeah, week. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I've been working on it for months and months and months, and uh, I know you can't see me. I'm looking for a piece of art that's not here. What oh. aspect did you work on it, Steve? Well, um, so it started out. I, I was talking with the guys. So it's packaging. Um, so you know, they do two versions. They'll do. They're doing a. V- VHS box version, mm-hmm. um, so it looks like the NECA, mm-hmm. you know, the new NECA stuff. How it looks like the old VHS boxes, of which I did a. It's driving me crazy too. So I did a group. Initially, they 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 were like, "Hey, we want it to look like uh, the deluxe set to look uh, look like the old sewer play set, but not the sewer play set. But we want it to look like that." <laughs> So I created a what would have been a play set. Uh, I called it Dead End Alley because it's the sh- turtles back into an alley. It's Shredder's Revenge, you know, type of a thing. And right. uh, and all, and so it goes to uh, eat.emu and and Nickelodeon. They're like, oh, well, this doesn't look at all like what we're doing. I'm like, well, no, because it's supposed to look like the old toy packaging. You know, the, the, they, mm-hmm. they're like, the, fig- the turtles look like toy figures. And I'm like, yeah, because in the original toy packaging, we tried to make them look like figures. So they didn't look too crazy, like stuff you couldn't actually do with the figures. You know, like they only had so many points of articulation type of a thing. Mm-hmm. So... It was so weird that I got all this weird feedback, and then I, the one, uh, the piece I did for for the VHS box, uh, I had to bring somebody else in. Needless to say, uh, they kept telling me like. Uh, they don't look like the cartoon turtles. And I was like, they, I literally took out model sheets. They're, they're more dead on than what I ever did back in the day, because back in the day, early days of licensing at Mirage, uh, it was me and Ryan Brown who were doing all the licensing mm-hmm. or uh, 70% of it, let's say. Um, in our thought initially, because there was no guidelines, it was Kevin and Pete owned the company. It was us. We were like, well, we should make them look a little bit like the toys and a little bit like the animation. So we kind of hybrided whenever we drew the turtles, it was a kind of a hybrid of the toys and the animation animation um so it was just so weird when i was working with them they were kind of like i don't know who the editor was we're like no this doesn't look right and they literally said make it look like this and i'm looking at them like what they sent me was my own artwork and told me can you make it look like this i'm like no because that doesn't look like the animation it looks like our version of them but they couldn't get that and i was just so literally so frustrated with those guys it drove me crazy i ended up doing a piece that that doesn't look at all like what I wanted to do. I don't know if you can see it well, but uh, I don't know what you're there. I think that's a little bit. Okay, perfect. Stop. Right there. Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys look a little more like the pizza eating cow, a little more like the animation, you know, like. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where I was at. And they wanted something. I'll that's show you where so I cool. ended up with the group shot. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I ended up doing, 
just changing the group shot so they look like these guys. Oh, that way. A little bit, a little bit. Yep. What? Uh, yeah. Nice. Right, stop. Right there. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, nice. you know, and it was just so weird to me because I'm like, no, those do not look like the animated turtles. They look like our toy turtles, you know, like our combination. So it was just a weird process, but it's coming out. I don't know how much credit I'll get. I designed... I, I had another guy who, um, a gentleman, Tim Laddie, who is, um, he's worked on Ghostbusters for IDW. Yeah. I he's done some does, stuff. He does, the, he does the variant covers for the Ghostbusters comics for IDW. I have yep. some of his work. I, yeah. Yep. Super nice guy. I met him uh, down in Louisiana, um, where he's from. And I brought him mm -hmm. in kind of like in March <laughs> on this uh, because they wanted everything done by March. And they hadn't gotten approvals <laughs> from any, anybody. And like, I can't get two pieces done in the time allotted and here we are i think he just finished his piece so basically he took over my back end my dead end alley piece upped it to his his style of art as opposed to my old school style um mm -hmm. he and he so anyways it, it should come it's going to be awesome uh and laddie uh is doing now um for idw he just started doing 1987 tmnt kind of i guess nice. what they did with batman going back so it's mm -hmm. it's the throwback. So I, I should be doing a few covers with him, coloring at least, if not a little bit more on that stuff. But super nice guy, very talented young guy. Everybody's young to me, but young guy, uh, probably the same age as you guys. Young, uh, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally so it was the fun. same age. It was fun to uh, to do that. I'm, I I can't don't know what's taking that game so goddamn long to come out though. I mean, it feels like does oh. it feel like three or four years since you've heard about Shredder's Revenge? To oh yeah, yeah. I I think it comes out this week though. It is, I know, but I mean, yeah. it's just so funny to me because even when they asked me to do it, I was like, it's not out yet. Yeah. Like, no, no, we're going to be doing the physical world version of it, and I was like, oh, okay, that game's not out yet. I feel like I've seen about seen enough cut screens and things from it on the internet uh, through turtle fans and stuff like that. But yeah. Oh yeah, uh, videos and everything. Uh, same here. I you know I I went to. Uh, I went into the PlayStation store the other day thinking I could just buy it. And it was like, it's, it's coming out. Yeah, it messed up. Uh, yeah. Billy, uh, Billy Baird says, uh, hello, guys, I have a question. Uh, did IDW lose the rights to TMNT? If so, will they start all over again with a new company? As far as I know, they did not. Because like I said, I'm doing 1987 Turtles with them. I I, I don't want to speak for what I don't know. I know that there are issues there at all, IDW. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't, I, I don't think that's the case at this moment. You know, I, I can't imagine who would take it over. It'd be nice if somebody else did. The page rates and cover rates will be a lot better. But that's just a professional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Jay Boy, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jay. I will be looking forward to the cannolis. Nice. Jay, you, you do cannolis like like hook a brother up, you know? You, you, he, yeah, seriously. Jay, what the hell? I, I, we always get cannolis. I was getting looking nice. forward to the the Granite State Con, which we'll see him at. I'm sure you guys. That's going to be a uh, need a new TMT. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's going to be a fun show. I don't know. You guys must have heard about the Grand State. Grand State, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of it. Yep, yep, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's going to be a crazy great turtle show. I mean, I'm very excited about that. Steve, with us having you here and you being such a part of uh, turtle history, um, what was it like in the beginning? What were the offices like? I mean, did you eventually, were you in the early years, were you like working out of someone's basement? Like how, how did it all go down? Okay. Uh, I will tell you when I first joined. So Kevin and Pete hooked up in Dover, um, New Hampshire. Uh, I joined 
just after they left, uh, at that time they were following around Pete's wife, who was a teacher, who had the real job. Um, so when I joined, Kevin right. and I had an apartment. Pete was already married, so he, him and Janine had their own place. Um, and what was a kind of like uh, back porch that would have ended up being the second bedroom which was mine was also the mirage studios office so my bed was here a desk and coffee were over on the other side of the room and you know the rest was mine and kevin's apartment uh so that was the early days and uh there's some pictures of pete has put on the back of in the back of some of the uh the mirage books of us actually counting books in his basement so all the books would get shipped there and i was that's why i always go like i don't think there is a christine mint version of any of the books because we literally would take every book out of, every, out of the box put them on our laps and hand count them and put them back into the box before we'd ship them out to make sure that we had the right number of books in each box right and we'd break down and ship them out to all the different things in different places so which is something that i did in my early days while lettering and kind of did anything else uh, i could do wow and, and uh how many years uh was that kind of existence before you guys moved into like full-fledged offices oh well that was let's see one two we had one two years there then when we moved to northampton uh it's probably a good half a year or a year before we got a, an official office space mm-hmm. which was literally like a couple room office uh that we really didn't do much at but go and get the mail i think it there was a, an initial like hey, we'll put our drawing tables here. But there was a lot of like, that would require all of us to go there and work. You know, Kevin and I kind of worked at our apartment and, you know, Pete worked kind of at his place. And then we get together and goof off and have fun and talk about crap and then look at everything and then go, you know, kind of revert back to where we were, you know. So uh, I always feel like I got brought in as a playmate for Kevin because, you know, Pete and Pete was already married. So Kevin was bored a lot. But uh, no, I mean, we always had such a great time doing everything we were doing. So it was nice, you know. Yeah, it sounds like you guys had a great time. And, yeah, it was um, Now, Steve, you had said that you had never lettered before. So after working for these guys for a couple of years, what was your first non-turtle project? And what did you do on that? You know, it's so funny, Rich. I mean, truly... I don't think it was until years later that I did anything non-turtles. I mean, we were, because it was such a tight, you know, everything was Mm in-house. So, um, you know, at at the onset, you know, lettering the regular book, uh, then we, you know, brought in uh, Jim Lawson, who... Uh, a friend of his was a teacher and knew Pete's wife. So he kind of joined the studio. Uh, so I guess, yeah, Prime Slime Tales, which was published by Mirage. Mm-hmm. I did the lettering on that and I, I helped ink the kit, you know, a little bit on Jim's stuff. Um, Prime Slime up- Tales, was that a Ghostbusters um, title? No, no, no. It was a, actually this gentleman, Tony Basilicato, who was a uh, puppeteer or a muppeteer. I know he worked somehow with Henson. He, it, mm. it, 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 this is funny. This is also a big part of the Turtles becoming a toy uh mm-hmm. so tony uh, they, they met him in connecticut uh he wanted to do this book prime slime tales his pencils were really rough jim was willing to ink it and clean it up jim did that um so tony and, and thank made these muppets of turtles for kevin and pete those are the things that mark friedman bought to the toy company so they could see it in three dimensional what a turtle would look like so literally that that one affiliation uh so yeah i mean that that would be like something known turtles but it was actually in studio and that was pretty early on but later on i did some stuff for um uh you know as a licensing artist we were doing stuff for different companies and uh you know occasionally another company that we did something for we're like hey will you do some stuff i I did some stuff for police academy which is very cool you know it was it was on for one season to you know cartoon and it was just kind of this weird piece but they they like would you do this and i'm like i guess 
you know, sure. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It was it was if odd. The check's, and weird. If the check's good, I'll do it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So that that was uh that we, I mean we were all so busy. I mean that that was the beauty of it. You know, we didn't farm a lot of it out. You know, a lot of everything almost you know so much of it was done in house one way or the other. Mm. You know, so you know we were working on so. For a while, there was Tales of the Turtles. I was painting the covers for those. I was lettering both books. I was, uh, this is pre-licensing, pre, pre, you know, toy stuff. Uh, then anything else, then the graphic novels, all the first comic graphic novels. I assisted Kevin on the first one. And there was three other colors that broke up the book. And Kevin and I, like, you know, Kevin, you know, his stuff was perfect and it was great. And so my other thing was they, they were like, hey, do you want to do the, want to paint the next graphic novel? I'm like, yeah, uh, one of the books. They're like, no, all of the books. I believe, you know, four issues, you'll be painting all of them. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, stupid enough just to say yes, because that's what you did back then. You know, you're like, yeah, I, I can do it. No idea I could finish that much work. I had never done that, that amount of work. You just do it, you know. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. And yes is the perfect answer, mm-hmm. you know, unless you don't want to do it. You you got to say yes first and then back your way out of it, you know? Absolutely. And, and my last quick so, question, a- any shot of a return of shell back artwork? Only online, only online. I mean, I still run a Facebook, my wife runs a Facebook page, kind of like we put up a lot of crap on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved having it. It was, it was a great, great place. Um, Pete actually, Peter Laird actually, uh, I mean, I had the place for four years. I think he, he signed there six times in four years. And then was probably just hanging around the shop another, you know, three or four times just, just to hang out there. He loved this so much that when I closed it, was closing it down, he goes, I'll give you a year's rent. I'll pay your rent for a year if you keep it open. I'm like, nope. It was great, but I was there all the time. I felt like, yeah, impactful, I, you know, um, I understand. Again, I've owned a mom and pop before seven days a week, 80, 90 hours a week. You're killing yourself. Yeah. yeah and I was draw. I was, I was at the counter inking stuff, you know, like, and I'm like, I don't ink like, you know, like standing up, you know, but that's all I had to do there. Um, sure. And I had a couple of people that, you know, kind of used me as a trap, you know, like they knew I had to be there and they just wanted to spend the whole day with me, you know, and you're like, well, that's fine, but I really have to do other stuff than entertain. But right. they right. couldn't fathom that, you know. And gotcha. I can understand on mm-hmm. one level, but on another level, it's like, come on, think about it, you know. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, you have but, to work, even if you loved it. Uh, yeah. I, and I, which I did. I mean, I, the hard thing is, you know, we're in Maine, uh, and we're in a beach town. Summer, there's a shitload of traffic, but you know, the second that snowflake falls out of the sky, you can walk naked down Route One and. <laughs> For three or four miles and nobody's going to see you so that was the same case with the shop so i used to do art classes you know i did like i wanted to have older kids but most parents have paid a lot of for a lot of lessons at that point like you took dance you played guitar you're not doing any of that i'm not paying for your drawing lessons now so <laughs> it was generally younger kids uh, up to junior high age which was fine but i just wanted somebody that i could really help you know a little bit more you know like you know kind of if you're leaving high school and going on to an art career, tell you what you might run into, that type of stuff. But yeah, I didn't get that, but it was still, it kept the doors open for you know, a while. So Nice. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I'll pass it on to everyone else. I've been hogging yeah, you. I've been I, hogging I, you, Steve. I think Drew was I, trying to get some questions in. It, it was, I mean, he was just asking such good questions. I just, you know, I was like, man, Rich is on a roll. I'm just going to let oh, him. Yeah. He wasn't here last week, so I got to let him get his licks in, you know? There you go. Um, yeah, you know, got to be respectful. It can't, again, it's not all about me. There are other, there are other, there's other <laughs> heroes in the half shell here. So, although you're the one uh, where so you're first. You know, hey, listen, okay, you, you, you got to show up. I mean, this isn't like one of those things where you go to a, a show. And you're wearing, you know, the, the the shirt of the band you're going to see. 
PCU taught me, don't be that guy. So, you know, this is different. <laughs> but, you know. um, what I was going to say, so Steve, the moral of one of your stories is if your friends say, hey, I've got this thing, you say yes until you realize it's a mistake. Okay, yeah, good. it hasn't. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it hasn't become a mistake yet. I, my parents uh, might have disagreed with me at the onset. You know, having a, had a pretty good job, not nothing I was going to make a career out of. I thought, but um, and then again, like I said, I went to high school with Kevin, mm. so uh, I dated his one of his sisters. He dated one of my sisters. So parent, both of our parents knew uh, knew us. So they knew I, you know, me and Kevin had a track record of being dumb. Um, so as all high school age gentlemen and women do. Um, so uh, yeah, they were a little apprehensive, oh, but I mean, it, it was the, the best mistake I've ever made if it was a mistake. No, no. I mean, I, listen, I understand. One day, Rich up there just said, "Hey, uh, I, I, I'm we're on this podcast. I think you'd be good for it. Like, give it a shot." I'm like, "All right, well, I, I have, I'm unemployed. I have nothing better to do." <laughs> And you know, here I am. I've got the job. I'm more than employed enough, and I'm still doing this. And somehow it's working. Yeah. I don't get it. But, you know, hey, we we've made it work. It's um, the power of yes. The power of yes. Yeah, power of yes. And then when you just lay down a debilitating no, it's just you know the the the, the technodrome <laughs> of 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 d denial. Um, yeah. What I was going to ask is, so what I was going to ask is, you know, you've been involved in comics and stuff for a while, which, you know, is awesome. But, you know, bef like, did you like, how do I say this? Did you have like a moment in comics that was just like that resonated with you? It was like, you know, I, I, I like the thing that draw you in, like everybody has like a moment or a comic or something that they read that just hooked up. They're like, you know what? This is for me now. I, yeah, I can do that would have been, it would have been Mad Magazine. And anything okay. by Don Martin, I was, I mean, everything in high school, I had, you know, drooping noses and floppy feet. And, you know, that I would have wanted to be the next Don Martin um, and, and Sergio, mm -hmm. too. I mean, I like I said, Sergio is a god to right. me. Um, so right. for me, comics was uh, a little foreign. Um, I, I have to say, living with Kevin. <laughs> um, so he had his comics in milk crates like you know people have albums in his his uh bedroom so mm -hmm. i would uh I, I, you know when we first started living together i just go in and grab like a run of books and just bring them into my room and just kind of get a little education on comics you know of course i got the kirby is king you know don't even think about anything beyond kirby uh right. if you do yeah the, all these guys are good but it all came from kirby other than that it was just panels blah he broke the panel he you know and, and you do learn that and, and it's a definitive lesson you know when you do look at comics and you look at where they were in the second he got into that you know that stage of his career you're just like shit that's that's where comics are you know it's all about a two-page splash page it's all about bursting on you know panel layouts and not you know boom 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 you know it was so different so you know i got all that i got and of course you know kevin and pete were diehard comic fans so you know they gave me all their favorite stuff to read so i kind of feel like i got a a really good education that way um in in visually and also storytelling you know with the you know some of those great old stories and stuff and um so for me that was my onset was was literally kevin's collection uh mm -hmm. and, and that was me learning about comics i mean i had a few comics as a kid you know from the old spinner racks and the you know in the grocery store or whatever it probably and those yeah. are folded in in my back pocket and i probably only had two my whole entire life but i would have thought i had a thousand mm -hmm. of them you know because they were always with me type of stuff but um yeah more of a mad magazine guy okay um, and then another question I had was that you, I mean, you worked on so many things and very much now, I would say over the last five, maybe 10 years, 
the turtles besides i mean i i used to follow the idw stuff i literally followed it all the way to issue 100 um they've become a very much common crossover entity i mean you've seen i mean you've seen batman you've seen ghostbusters um, I think I think I saw a fan art which was hi where where is TMNT versus Street Sharks and I was like that is the greatest idea I have never seen why there's there's one greater Daredevil okay. yo Daredevil. because of the origin yeah absolutely yeah I mean a hundred percent I mean that if the mouse would let us play with Daredevil that would be amazing you know that to me that is um, is the perfect crossover I got to do a Batman animated turtle animated cover with Pete Peter Laird actually I was yeah. penciling it and he we were talking and he's like what are you doing I was like, oh I'm doing this Batman turtle cry and he's like can I ink it I'm like yes yes that would be fine Pete I would be happy to have you ink it um, right. and, and for me the only thing I heard when I was asked to do it was Batman you know I knew they talked about the turtles afterwards on the phone to me but i was like yeah batman yeah, just a loud ringing after i heard batman um mm -hmm. but that's my nerd love of batman you know i mean I, I love the turtles love 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 them but of course you know i mean the perfect thing is daredevil it's daredevil you know street sharks see to me for us we were like those bastards they're almost ripping us off completely you know that feeling uh right, i remember right. when the power rangers first hit we were like oh we're fucked we are complete they're, they're different colored uh there's a million episodes because it's already been established over there we are so right. we're dead we're dead in the water but luckily they managed they actually crossed over you know and did a crossover with them yeah so i mean mm -hmm. very bizarre but i mean that, that the onset i remember that distinctly like those guys we're, we're dead we're dead once these power rangers we can't produce enough material Material. It's already produced right. over there. They're just mat, you know, just repackaging it and shipping it here, you know. So uh, mm -hmm. that was a little scary, but yeah, I, I still think Daredevil. I actually did a, a piece with another artist, Steve Mardo, and I mocked it up as a Daredevil mm -hmm. um, Night of the Devil with it's Michelangelo Daredevil Water Tower hand and foot, and the shredders on top. So you get the hand, you get the foot, you get that crossover. And nice. it just seems so natural. So oh, natural. we need that art. We need that art, Steve. You got to throw that up online. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'll put up the cover or something. But I mean, it would just be so perfect. So that's perfect. amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, will you be selling uh, prints at the cons? that oh yeah yeah I, I do have prints of that yeah 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 nice okay yeah is the closest one coming up is i guess new hampshire unless you're going to be in louisiana <laughs> next weekend because i'll have it down there you know i our budget really doesn't allow such things but we're we're if we win a couple more awards maybe we might be able to go Ooh, out there of you state, go you, you know? get two once you get two awards right right oh yeah two steve are you are you by any chance going to be at terrificon this summer no i did terrificon uh I, you know, a couple of years ago now, just pre-pandemic, and I loved okay. it, but we haven't been back. I love Mitch. All right, yeah, awesome. Yeah, a lot of fun. I got, did him a fun Daredevil, I mean, uh, Captain America piece. Yeah, he loves that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, he loves that. Um, well, that, that's not the thing, is that I, I still find it funny that I never realized this, because I'm kind of like, our resident turtle uh, expert is Justin, who unfortunately, I think, couldn't make it tonight. Uh, he had power issues, so unfortunately... You know, he, he's our resident uh, master splinter um, when it comes to turtles. But I think it's so crazy that most people don't realize that crossover. And, and reading the first issue, it's such a subtle thing that until it was pointed out to me, I, I don't know who did it, but it was like, yeah, that's that's a reference to Daredevil. And then you see it and you're like, wow, how did nobody catch this? It's so subtly clever crossover. You're like, yeah, Daredevil... But 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you get stick, splinter, you know, master, mm-hmm. master stick, master, you know, splinter, and then mm-hmm. hand and foot. You know, once you tell that, people are like, it was right there the whole time. I'm like, yeah, it kind of was right there. And the canister that blinds Daredevil is the one that breaks open the bowl that chest right. piece has his four turtles in before they drop into the sewer. So the same mutagen that blinded Daredevil mutated the turtles as far as Kevin and Pete were concerned, you know. And again, it was a parody. Yeah. <laughs> and being gigantic Miller nerd that Kevin is, you know, right. he was just going, he was just hearkening on Miller, you know, trying to do that type of stuff. So, you know, getting, adding in the Daredevil. Yeah, you know. So, uh, Kevin's going to be with you at uh, Granite State. Kevin will be at Granite State. Yeah, uh, Jim Lawson's going to oh, be there. Man. I'm trying to pull Ryan Brown out from Ohio, but I don't think that'll ever happen. I, I you know, it, I hope, I mean... You know, Pete right now physically can't do shows, um, which is hard. Um, yeah, it does. It, I mean, for us, it's it's incredibly hard. But, um, you know, he so he won't be there. But I mean, I, I was talking to uh, the gentleman who puts on the show. Got a, I'm dropping his name in my brain right now. Um, and I was telling him I'd love to do a panel with Kevin and Jim and just give us, you know, some adult beverages, something snack on and let us just talk about the old days, you know, like and, and take Perfect. questions to that. I thought that would be a blast because, hey, we're, we're old bastards and who knows how much longer we're going to be around. You know, who knows? Right. I mean, you can be 20 and drop. So it's nice to be able to uh, have that time. I mean, I, when I get a little bit of time because Kevin's not on this coast and when he's here, he sees, he's seeing family. When we get a couple of minutes, it just feels like no, no time has stopped. You know, time had stopped and, you know, way back when mm-hmm. and we're right back there in that same instant, you know. So I think it'd be nice. really fun. I don't know if it will happen, but it'd be really fun to do at that show, at Grand State. And, Relationship and is still super could, strong. And you could always do a thing where if you have like technology, you know, if you have like a screen in the back, you could always see if Peter could um, like uh, broadcast so he that can was, join in, you know, that has, so, been, absolutely. That has been mentioned. So I, I will, I'll reach out to Pete and ask him. I don't know if he'll do it because it's a little wonky, you know, when you're the on-screen guy and everybody else is kind of talking amongst themselves, you know, in the same space. Sure. Sure. So we'll, we'll see. I, yeah, I, but, you know, I, I, it would be awesome if Pete could do that just for the, you know, for fans in general, right. you know, yeah. um, you know, I, Steve, with you with you coming in tonight, we we ended up reading the uh, first three issues of, of the Mirage Run. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, it was interesting to me because it's been so long since I saw that original raw what the turtles look like in the very beginning. How long or how many years did that take to evolve to like what you showed us a picture of a little while ago? Because that is a totally different image. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at Kevin and Pete's progression from the first book to the second book, they've already altered. The look oh, the that turn. fast. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you, yeah, I mean, and you think by, I'm guessing by right around issue four, because you think they did also did in between, they did Raphael. Mm-hmm. So that Raphael kind of falls in between uh, issue two and three, I think, if I'm if I'm right, because that was kind of their way. Kevin was doing Raphael. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of, he was kind of, he laid out that whole book. It was kind of like a, I, that when I actually hooked back up with, with Kevin and he was living back in Maine, he was working on Raphael, um, which was, you know, early, was before issue three, you know, of the Turtles. I started, I was there in the studio when issue three came up mm-hmm. and i started actually working on issue five and even between there they got bulkier you know they, they got more they got broader shoulders mm-hmm. they weren't as narrow at the top and you know big feet and their noses stopped drooping so much and they got a little tighter okay. a little more yeah just to, so, I, so it was which, a much quicker evolution than i would have imagined yeah and even and, and so like even the evolution to what 
I showed you, which is more the animated style, um, that, like I said, that kind of almost came from the uh, the toys a little bit in in taking the toys. I mean, because the, the sculpt on the toys, like the knee pads and the elbow pads, are very distinct at the Mirage thing. They're, you know, filled leather pads, you know, like you would get to play a sport or something. And you look at the toys and they're kind of like weird wraps that kind of emulate what the thing did, but they're not quite that the same thing. So that was always right. a, you know, the trappings were always different, you know, even, you know, uh, Leo's strap, Donatello having a strap, you know, that type of stuff on, on their trappings alone mm -hmm. varied pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Good. Thank you. So, yeah. So I, I, I had one question. So I, I admittedly, again, um, I'm still a kind of a turtle noob. I mean, not really, but still. Uh, so I never read the first issue and I completely forgot that in the first issue, it's basically kind of like the first movie where you introduce Shredder. You know, he's a formal threat. He has the history with, with Splinter and all things. But in the end, he dies. And that's the first issue. And it, it was funny because I thought of two things. One, I thought of how like Robert Kirkman, Walking Dead, how in the first arc, he kills Shane because he wasn't sure that this book was going to last that long. And he said like, oh, how do I know? And it would have been... 150 some issues i obviously wouldn't have killed him um and it also reminded me of a thing that i remember reading about joe kelly and mcginnis when they were doing deadpool they were doing their run and they just like listen we just assumed after every issue we did we were going to get fired or told that the book was going to get canceled so we just said you know to prove that we don't care about language they just fuck it so let's just do whatever let's write did do you feel that with the first issue they kind of had that we don't know how long this is going to last so we just want to tell a great story and if this is the only issue hey we can say we did a bomb for one shot um oh a you... thousand thousand percent i mean literally they it was a parody i mean it was their kind of parody of ronin and, and daredevil and you know all this you right. know the new mutants i mean the name alone is the teen titans the new mutants you know, all the stuff that was going on in comics at the time, they kind of took a little clip from everything. So it literally was, you don't kill the, the best villain, one of the best villains probably in comic history now, which is weird to say. I may be overstepping my mm -hmm. bounds there, but you yeah. don't kill him in the first issue if you think you're going to make issue two, you know? So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that they, they uh, there was no, no thought about another issue. It was literally mm -hmm. a one-shot in their mind. And then, of course, the, right. the, 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 the acceptance of it from the comic world and people buying it and then and now we need more and then they had to come up with the mausers and that was issue two and they brought april right. in mm -hmm. you know all that stuff mm -hmm. uh so yeah i mean that the, there was no definitely not i mean i always joke that uh so you know me and kevin we're in our 20s you know in the early days of the turtles very early 20s and uh so we'd come back to visit our friends in maine you know around the holidays mm -hmm. when everybody's usually around in the bars so we'd see our buddies right. and they're like hey what are you guys doing and they're like hey we're doing comics and their instant response is like, oh, so you're doing, you know, Spider-Man, Batman, what are you doing? And we're like, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they pat you on the back and go, oh, good, good for you. Hey, good for you. Because it was nothing. A couple of years later, we come back and we say this, you know, like we're doing comics, doing the Turtles. Like, oh, my God, the Turtles are so wild. You know, it's such a weird thing. You know, how, it right. seemed like forever for us, but it was literally, you know, four years before oh, there was something potentially coming on TV, you know. And mm -hmm. again, because we were in such a small group, we're always, always working on stuff. So I don't think we got to enjoy it as much as we popped some champagne in mine and Kevin's apartment uh, with all the guys when when the toy deal went through, you know. Uh, right. and, and, you know, we... we 
had a lot of fun. I mean, the great thing is like, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the, the turtle power documentary uh, that, no. that came out. It, it, I, I, I hate to say it, but it's incredible. Uh, the beauty of it that was that Pete always had a video camera. He used to rent them before he could afford one. And mm-hmm. he, he always like would tape us doing stupid stuff. And I, I'm nine times out of 10, the idiot walking into the camera going, why are you doing this? You know, like, because <laughs> it seemed foolish to me, you know, like who's going to watch this crap? And then when the documentary came out, he had let, you know lent all those VHS tapes and they put them all on there. Other than watching my hair disappear, it was just incredible. It was just incredible to watch. You know, I, I was, it made me proud of what we did because half the time we weren't in the moment because we were we were doing it, we were living it. You don't, you can't, you you can't really appreciate it too much when you're just like, that's awesome. I got to finish this so it can go go to you know this company so it can be printed. You know that type, that feeling all the time. So um, it was great. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I think sometimes we miss that aspect of it you know where we're not completely even at movie premieres we host movie premieres in northampton and some until we were in our tuxedos and up on this like i introduced kevin and pete for the first movie at, at the at the premiere mm-hmm. and it was so bizarre to me that i'm up in front of a whole theater full of people talking about my two friends <laughs> and they're about to watch a movie about these stupid things from the sewer you know right. uh, but it was incredible i mean but again when you look back on it i don't know i if you asked me now i'd probably go no i don't want to get up on that stage too dumb to not say yes you know that <laughs> it's all good but um no i and i also think steve you bring up a point that you know that there has definitely been a shift in how comic creators are looked at you know i mean if you talk back in the day you know you know say what you will about you know the greats like kirby and lee you know back in the day being a comic book writer or artist was kind of looked down upon you know you're still kind of geeks and now okay. comic book writers and artists are like, I mean, you go to a con, depending on what you're working on, you're kind of looked at as like, you're the new rock star. You know, you, yeah. you, you wrote the, 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 the hit pop song. Um, and it's also funny because it's, I was talking to somebody else about this, uh, which is kind of, you know, I'd love to hear your perspective. Um, a lot of the times, you know, the star kind of fades a little, like, there are creators we know who, let's say like two years ago, their line is around the block. You know, they got to have agents because they're going to be there two, three hours just pumping out autographs like it's nobody's business. And then a couple of years later, they're still, you know, pretty popular and all the thing, but it's not the same because there's somebody else who's the big guy, who's the big, you know, writing the next big DC event or creating sure. the next, yeah. you know, you know, hit character. So, I mean, you, you were there, you came in around the mid, let's say mid, like early eighties, late like eighties, nineties. Yeah. So, you know, you're at the time when comics are starting to really be taken seriously. 85, you had Dark Knight Returns is coming out. You have Watchmen, you know, uh, two big books that, you know, yeah, boom, there you go, right there, Dark yeah there you go you know um those are ones that really pushed comics into as other people say that's what pushed them to the next level so like you watch the evolutions what's your feelings on kind of like that change i mean you remember cons when they were in hotels at you know a lot you know now yeah 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 like yeah san diego is a great mm-hmm. example of that i mean the early days of san diego it was artists it was just a sea of artists and you just went over to people that you thought oh i mean i i remember going up to a guy i mean this isn't my best moment but i went up to a gentleman who i really liked his book mm-hmm. the guy wasn't receptive and it was just so bizarre because i walked up and I'm like hey i really like your book and he didn't even acknowledge me and he wrote his name on the book and then he just threw it kind of back at me and i walked away with that fuck you fuck you very much 
much attitude because I came all the way over to say, hey, I like your book. You could at least notice in me as a human being. He didn't know who I was and, you know, whatever. That's fine. That, you know, that aspect of it is that's different. But I mean, it was wonderful to, like I said, I could go, go over and see Sergio Argonas sitting at a table. Great. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the craziness that, you know, corporate craziness that San Diego is now where it's just giant boots and movie stars um right it was just people you know there and there was a lot of cool art and great stuff so that changed and again the weird thing is like you say i mean we're very fortunate i think because kevin and pete owned the turtles unlike a lot of creators right. and stuff where you're working on somebody else's character you might get a you know story a, you know six issue story arc that's groundbreaking as shit like dark knight returns um mm. And then you might not, you know, nobody will remember your name five years later because you're not doing Batman anymore or whatever. You know, that that's right. the hardest thing, I think, for me to see in the industry when you're talking about amazing content creators, writers and stuff like that. If they don't own the content um, and they're not constantly working on that particular character, it's weird how mm -hmm. quickly people forget. You know who you are, what you did, and how amazing what you did. How mm -hmm. may have been, you know, defining in the industry, but they forget. They don't forget your name, but they're not lining up, you know, in huge numbers anymore to see you produce stuff. You know, um, so we I, we were kind of like the abnormal normal, I guess, for that. You know, we um, because we we were the only guys in the studio. You know, I mean, other than the <coughs> excuse me, which Kevin and Pete were great about letting people play in their toy box. You know, they mm -hmm. let other creators come in and do the turtles the way they wanted to. It might have pissed off some fans and some of the fill-in issues. But to right. us, it was awesome. It was awesome to see Michael Zuli do his crazy giant turtles. I see cartoon turtles done by so-and-so or, or uh, um, mm -hmm. you know, different people just kind of doing different things with the turtles. So for us, it's always been that way, um, you know, to have people right. play there. But uh, we've always been kind of cool in the sense that we'll always be the turtle guys. Even when Pete finally sold the rights to Viacom, um, it, within it, he built in all these built-in things that we can do prints without having to get approval. We can do this, the core guys in the studio. He built all these nice little backdoor things for all of us, you know, as far as cons and stuff like we'll always be the core turtle guys nobody can take that away from us something nice. stuff like that which is not normal in a giant contract that you have to sign you know so um right that's that that's why it's a little weird like i i, I you know i think of like even somebody as big as bill sinkevich you know in the 90s he was a god i you know we i you know got to hang around with him and stuff like that but i don't mm -hmm. see like a ton of sinkevich stuff out there anymore like he was non-stop for a while um and I love his stuff still. I mean, when I see him do a, a cover, I, I still appreciate his stuff incredibly. But it's weird that way, you know, that we we are kind of nor the, not the norm in the sense that we've had a long career where we've been ourselves, I guess, you know. And it's, it's rare to hear that a, a, a family unit like that has stayed together for the most part and taken care of each other so that you guys all have a, a plentiful career. That That's that's super rare, Steve. Super rare. I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure you feel super blessed about that. Oh, completely, completely. I mean, that that is literally that. That's what, I, I can't echo that enough. You know that that we in family is a great way of putting it. You know, they we were always. You know, you might get there were points where attorneys came in and there was crap in the studio, but generally, just the most pleasant experience you could ever have. You know, like I say, we. We love like brothers. We fought like brothers. We love like brothers. We fought like brothers. We love like brothers. We fought like brothers. Eh, we love like brothers. You know, that's what it was like. You know, so it was uh, a great environment. Uh, you know, you might get a different opinion from some of the other guys. I can't imagine you will. I mean, we've just, you know, again, right. it, it, it was a, a blessed existence in that sense. You know, we uh, just to be able to do all the things we do. 
like I said, yes is the key word. I, there was stuff that I never thought I would do in my lifetime, uh, and I just mm -hmm. said yes. You know. So now what? Uh, now, Steve, there there was one time where the guys kind of separated for a little while. What, what was that like for you? Mom and Dad got a divorce. That's okay. What it, was like. <laughs> it, it was very. It was, yeah. there was there was stuff like that happening within the studio for a little bit. Kevin and Pete were very similar but very different people. You know, mm -hmm. I, you know, which is it, it, which made them such a unique. Uh, thing you know because it they, really eastman and later is one person in my mm -hmm. book if you're talking about the art because out of it this is i don't think you might, you guys might know better than me you, you know uh have you ever heard of people two people drawing on the same page and inking on the same page but not you know like so one of them might have penciled the page and the other one's inking and they would just pass around the pages back and forth so i'm inking this panel but these four need to be done so i'll do this one and then they pass them back so it's almost out of boredom like so the cool panels always got inked very quickly and then the background fill-in panels got filled in slowly because I was lettering the books. So I got to see all the pages, you know, and all the different versions of it as they were coming through. And it's just so such a weird thing that Eastman and Laird are literally a person to me. They're one artist because wow. the stuff that was on that They're page is one thing. You know, it's not each one separate like you would think. Like when Kevin does his own stuff, it looks like Kevin's stuff. And when Pete does his own stuff, it looks like Pete's stuff. But when you see the turtle stuff they did together, it's Eastman and Laird. You know, it's, it's right. a whole different, which is very bizarre and not... In any way that I know of, normal in any comics ever, you know, to have something like that. So that, that's a pretty bizarre thing, you know, there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Super Hot original movie. situation in many ways. So, yes. uh, Leo, do you have anything? Because I feel like me and Rick talked enough. So do you have well, anything to contribute besides video games? Well, the thing is, you know, as you're asking your questions, I'm going, oh, shit, you asked my question. Okay, shit, there's another one. <laughs> shit, there's another one. Uh, so. That was me and Rich, so that's fine. So you're, like the, you're like the second yeah. row guy at a Comic-Con where the two front guys are asking all the questions, and you're just about to go, and then somebody else in front of you asks the question. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. Can I talk? Can I talk? Yeah. Can I? Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, something funny like that happened. I, I was in line to see Shatner. And uh, he, he gave everybody like one minute to ask questions and like the person's there for their minute. Then it comes to me and I'm, he, I'm getting my signature and like the person like in front of me, like kept talking, like when it was supposed to be my time and like used up my time. I was so pissed. Oh but, yeah. That's not, a, not a cheap thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> you know, it's, it's just funny. The Shatner thing uh, always struck me as funny. I think we were in Toronto at a, at a at a fan fest or whatever it was back in the day. And I think that was the first time we had that Shatner experience uh, where he was in a completely different room and you have to have a package. And we're like, so you, you have to buy a separate thing? So, you, you know, because we were getting our badges and people were asking, you know, buying their badges. And like, so how do I get right, the right, full right. Shatner experience where I can, when am I going to get to pass Mr. Shatner a book? And they're like, no, there'll be a handler, you know, and they're explaining the whole lowdown. And we were, oh, I remember just thinking, yeah. that's the most crazy thing, you know, thing I've ever heard. You can't hand him your book or whatever you want him to picture, whatever you want him to sign. Like, no, there's a handler there. And, and there's a, somebody in between you and him, and you'll be standing in front of the table for your photo. And it's like, what? How much you just spent, Agreed. you know, hundred and something yep. dollars to stand in front of a table, you know, and like. <laughs> Listen, now they they split everything up you know like shatner there it was a line for his autograph if you wanted a picture it was like a separate event so yeah, yeah crazy right. stuff. Oh, uh, before the show rich sent me this picture you wanted me to show it uh oh yeah 
Ah, yeah, that was Ed Shellback. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be a super rare, super rare photo. He's got everybody together. Yes. You got Lawson, <laughs> uh, Kevin, and Peter, yeah. and yourself. And good old Calvin Eatman. I love, yeah, yeah. Boy, Kevin looks young there. It doesn't seem that yeah. long ago. We all look younger. I don't look that much younger, but yeah. Nice to see. Yeah, that, that, and again, the signings were what I missed most about Shellback. You know, that was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And like I said, I, I was so happy that Pete championed it so much, you know, by being there and, uh, again, offering to pay for a year to keep the place open. I was like, it was not the, I wasn't making any really, really making money at it, but it was, still wasn't the money. It was more just the time there, you know, like I told them. And then it, it also, it did help me get back into doing cons because somebody came into my shop and asked me to do a con. And I was like, well, I haven't done a con in years. And now I do cons all the time, which is, which is wonderful. And I always explain to people that's kind of my better than having the shop because I had people travel. I had people come from Australia to come to the shop. Wow turtle fans which blows my mind um yeah but this gives me the opportunity to see a lot of people all over the place all the time and kind of in turtle fans i have to say we have a wonderful fandom you know i mean in the tens of thousands of people in, in my whole career that i've met and had the opportunity to say hey and talk a little bit of turtles with them this many people i wouldn't want back at the table and not they were the horrible people but they were they stayed at the corner of the table and they answered questions because they asked me questions and then when somebody would come up and ask like your moment you want to ask you a question they go like so mr levine uh blub and then the guy would answer the question and i was like that's that's so horrible you know that you can yeah, see the disappointment on on their face because they want to hear it from me sure right in, in the steve same. i didn't realize you were such a wonderful puppeteer you know that your answer came out of that person's mouth wow right up right up there pooper you know just exactly, right, pull the exactly. And, took a little um, bit of purell to get back to normal but it was fun doing yeah it. just yeah wash the hands <laughs> throw it away got it because um, that, that was funny. I was going to ask you, like, you've done cons. What's been the best moment and what's been the worst? So is that kind of the worst? That, that's by far the worst. I mean, and there is no best moment. I like them all. I really mm. just enjoy, you know, it's such a great thing to be able to talk to people about something they love so much, you know, and, and to be a big part of something they love so much. Uh, mm. So every almost every interaction is positive. You know, I mean, I, I can't really, I mean, hey, we were in Maui. So yeah, Maui was great. But I mean, we were in Maui. Oh, yeah. It was wonderful. That That's a wonderful con. But it, it's more if you're talking in the con, like, all, the, all of them. I love them all. I love talking to people. I like, if somebody feels good when they walk away from the table, I feel like I've done my job. You know? Absolutely. Do you, you know, do you, have you seen, do you love seeing people in turtles costumes? Like, you know, if someone shows up as one oh, of the turtles, yeah. April, Krang, uh, I think one time I saw someone had done Bebop and Rocksteady. And oh, yeah, yeah, again, yeah. I'm just like, do it. Get love, nuts. Love, love it. I, I, I make them come behind the table and take pictures when they, if I can. I, I'll tell you, I, I love, you know, traditional stuff. But I, one of my favorite ones, I think it was up in, it was in Saratoga, New York. Uh, mm -hmm. This family came up and they were, it was a mom, dad, uh, two boys, and a little girl. And the little girl must have been like three years old. The, the boys might have been eight to ten, and then mom and dad. Okay. But they did steampunk turtles. So dad and the boys wow. had bowler hats and jackets, but they had turtle, you know, like accessories and all this stuff. Mom was mm. gonna tell us so she and the little 
the little girl who was three was April in a little like you know okay. steampunk corset and all this stuff. So all their stuff looked like it was crazy amazing, you know, just to look at and the yeah. thought process that went into making all the costumes were, were great. And I was talking to them a little bit, and the mom was more of a uh, Renaissance fair uh, lady, so she was used to making right. costumes. And I guess they were trying to think about something cool, and they picked steampunk and the turtles and put it together. And I was like, so cool. You know, so cool. So it's fun to see, you know, those combos, but in a weird way, you know, not like, you know, Frozen Zombie. You see that a lot around the shows and different things like that. It's always neat to see stuff uh, that people will do, you know, and uh, we met some, a couple of people that were Bebop and Rocksteady. We did a show in Belton, Texas, and that's what they literally do all the, they came as Bebop and Rocksteady three days. Kevin was there. Uh, I think Ben Bishop was there. So it was a few turtle. It was kind of a big turtle type show. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, every day they came as Bebop and Rocksteady, but in different costumes. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, what the, you know, what really, you got your one costume. And they're like, no, we've got, we can dress as many different ways as we want. You know, it's like, that's crazy. And it was so cool. They were, and their wives came as Mrs. Bebop and Mrs. Rocksteady. Oh, nice. <laughs> crazy crazy it's great yeah uh i know we are running on time but steve i had a uh, uh question that hasn't been asked okay <laughs> leo this is your moment this is yeah, your yeah. don't don't get composed and well, go you, you, you missed we had some awesome you know batman talk before the uh, before the show but uh so um with all the the documentaries that come out especially like you know netflix the toys that made us um, I, I'm sure you, you probably watched them when they came out. Was there a fact that they covered that you thought, you know, they, they totally got it wrong or, you know, they should have covered it a different way. Something that, you know, that like only you would know being, you know, there from the beginning. Uh, but the, the wrong thing I'm going to go with the toys that made us, uh, and Kevin will echo this too. Cause I, we talked about it afterwards. Uh, they made Pete look kind of like a jerk, you know, and, and throughout, you know, like, you know, oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. You know, like, you know, and that's just the kind of quirky way of making that particular show. Like I said, turtle power, if you have the opportunity that, that I watched and and I will tell you, there was one thing in it that I went, I did not know that. You know, that it was something that was said at the very beginning of the documentary. And I was like, no, I never heard that. I, I live with him. I never heard that story before, um, which was because Kevin and Kevin. Uh, so when we Kevin and I worked he, here in Maine at a summer restaurant. And um, so Kevin followed this beautiful waitress. Uh, that he was dating here, out, out to UMass, that's where he met Pete. So while they were kind of chumming around together before they had started the Turtles, uh, neither one had a car, so they were riding the bus. And I don't know who said it, but one of them said, wouldn't it be fucking weird if this giant turtle came out and smashed into the side of the bus and spun it around and it did a 360? And that was what they said was the thought process to go to do Turtles. And I was like, what the fuck? I have never heard that uttered from either one of you in my entire life but it, it evidently was i asked kevin he goes yeah 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 it was just a stupid you know on the bus and you know talking about stupid crap and that came out you know but he oh, goes i don't know how much it had to do with the turtles other than it being a giant turtle you know and i was like oh okay you know but uh yeah so uh yeah they, i mean if you watch the turtle power they do a really good job I, it was so funny because i think we met him at the new york city comic-con they were doing at that time it had started out as a documentary in reverse kind of like not about us but about turtle fans and what the turtle meant to them and they were there getting footage for that and we just happened to be at the show with pete because pete me jim mike dooney i think dan Berger, i think that might have been it and uh and then they were like hey can we follow you back and get some footage of you guys at the studio and we're like yeah why not and then it completely turned into what became turtle power which is 
I, I actually just shot a, a second. They're doing a second one. Nice. Uh, so yeah, it nice. ended up, I think the first one ends up at the end of the, or maybe I don't know what they include in it because I got the book and that mixed up, but it goes through the first movie, needless to say, and maybe part of the second. Um, so the, the, the second one was supposed to kind of go from where we left off and the new people all taken over. And I don't know if you know the show, The Goldbergs. Oh, yeah. Yep. So anyways, uh, Adam Goldberg is producing this documentary. I guess he, he loves the turtles and uh, loved the first documentary. And when they gave him a rough cut of what they had done with all the new people, they were like, he's like, no. Like, what do you mean? He was like, I like the first one because it had all the old stuff in it. So he still they still had a buttload of old images. So they asked me to kind of uh, they were feeding me prefed questions to answer. <laughs> to the best of my ability, some of the yeah. old video stuff. So I don't know when it's coming about. They're making a second one. But the first one, like I said, is it's a real gift. If you are a Turtle fan, I, I highly recommend it. Even though I'm in it, I still recommend it. Um, it's 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 really uh, just be beautifully put together. And, and they got to talk to all the voice actors, including um, Uncle Phil from, you know, who was a shredder, uh, James mm -hmm. Avery, before he passed away, yeah. you know, all, the, all those guys. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of a nice gift if you're a turtle fan. I was. It's kind of a love letter if you're a turtle fan. And for us, it, it, mm -hmm. it was great for us. Like I said, you know, being the guy walking into the camera, telling Pete to stop filming, to the guy who said, "Oh my God, I'm so happy I can see all this stuff." You know, because I only it's in our heads, but now I can see it on TV. You know, which is kind of nice. So kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. So so actually, Jay uh, Jay Bo asked a question. I was going to ask, uh, where can we find that documentary? Well, it's it was released, uh, so I'm sure it's on the World Wide Web. Uh, it's probably mm -hmm. up on YouTube somewhere. It was streaming on Netflix. Uh, I think it's streamed on Hulu. It's Turtle Power, which sounds like there should be uh, the KKK involved, but it's just Turtle Power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Facebook user says Voodoo. Okay, Voodoo. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So I, it, I know it's, and you can buy, you can actually buy it on Amazon. It's on DVD if nice. you have something to put a DVD into. Uh, okay. Yeah, and, and, and like mm -hmm. I said, it's, it's a. It is truly for turtle fans. If you haven't seen it, and you call yourself a turtle fan, watch it because you really do get a good, a good insight to a lot of that. So, hey, it says oh. it's me, Cooper. Is that my son, Cooper? Uh, uh, Justin Cooper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, my son is, he's not on here. That would that freak me out. I'm like, what the hell? Hey, Steve, not not a question, but just, just to share with you, um, I was probably a freshman or sophomore in high school when the turtles come out. And I remember going over an older friend's house and him having five or six of the books. And reading those first three issues today brought me right back to that little apartment, just reading those books. And I'm like, this is so cool and weird at the same time. I love it. And yeah. now um, I, I, my son is uh, about to be joining the Navy soon. And I, oh, I grew him up, grew him up, grew him up. Yeah, great words, Rich. <laughs> he was raised being a nerd. And, you know, he he grew up on the cartoons and stuff. So just, I don't know if you can realize or fathom all the th hundreds and thousands and millions of people that have those kind of memories that you've brought them generations of fun. It's just incredible. So thank you, Steve. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you all. I mean, it is, it, 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 to that note, it's mind-blowing. I mean, I've, I've had the pleasure of uh, one of my son's uh, friends enlisted and uh, in the Army, and his, he asked me if I would design their patch for their oh, union. Cool. So cool. I did a turtle with full Army gear and the M60, you know, kind of, you know, hunkered down like that. So I, uh, I sent it off to his unit, you know, to him. And I got a beautiful letter back from the sergeant mm -hmm. and I got a patch, you know, from the unit, which I was like, they, uh, so awesome that they actually sent me one. Uh, but my favorite thing was the, the sergeant in his letter, he said, uh, 
never tell Reese, who was my son's friend, never ever tell Reese because he will tell the rest of the unit. But when I got the artwork you sent, I went over to the Xerox machine and, you know, here, I made a copy of it and I brought one to the guy who does the patches and I brought the only one, other one back to my barracks and I got mm-hmm. out my colored pencils and I colored the patch because I felt like a little kid. It felt so awesome. And I was like, oh, my God. And then another guy, while I had my shop, another uh, a woman came in. Her husband was serving. And I don't want them all to be military. I, I completely love the military and appreciate what they would, what they do. But it was just it, these are the ones that kind of get you. So he, this woman came in. Her husband was serving. Him and a buddy were in the same unit. And they were Turtle fans. She asked if I would do a drawing for them. And I was like, yeah, of course I'll do a drawing for them. So I did a drawing for them. She, just, she sent them out. Um, so like a year later, when he comes, he's off duty, he comes into Shellback Artworks. And at the time, you know, I brought in some turtle toys that I had, you know, had, my kids had played with. They were all in good shape. But um, so I had the Turtle Humvee and I had a couple of the military figures. And it was over on the shelf. Um, so he comes in and he's talking to me and he, and he almost like this, like the sergeant said, he kind of goes, Hey, I, thank you so much for the drawings. He goes, it just it, so revived my brain. You know, he goes, I was, you know, you're in a, not in a place you want to be. And all of a sudden you're not in a place where, anymore. You're back being a little kid. He goes, as a matter of fact, he goes, I actually went on eBay and I bought turtle sheets in my barracks. My bed had turtle sheets. And he goes, when I got it, when every, he said, every time when I get to my barracks and I sit on my sheets, he goes, I, I could lose it for a little while. I could just not. Not be where I was and not be doing what I was doing. I was a little kid sitting in my room, but the, I wasn't. It was just the sheets. And I was like, so while he was up in the gallery at my shop, I grabbed the Humvee, drew on the bottom of it, you know, and I had it at the counter. And he kind of, so he comes up to say goodbye. I'm like, hey, hey, here you go. He goes, what's this? I'm like, that's for you. He started crying. Like I was giving him gold. And, and he looked on the bottom and I had done a nice sketch, you know, and stuff. He's like, you didn't have to do this. I said, well, you served, you know, your, your story was incredible to hear that. I mean, it's humbling. It's humbling on this side of the counter to hear those type of things. So, and, and wonderful, you know, uh, it, to hear it from anybody. Like I said, that's the reason I love to do shows. You know, I mean, how can you not be thankful to people when, you know, what you did brought them pleasure? And we were having a fucking great right. time doing it. You know, we were, I, like I would say, you kids were, when you were kids, you were having a great time playing with the toys. Well, we were a few years older, but we were just having as much fun as you guys just doing the stuff. You know, it was work, but we still, we loved it so much, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to accept that but at the same time it's very humbling you know to hear awesome great uh ben says uh hey steve mess uh missed the hell out of you brother and thank you for taking the time to hang with the boys tonight i i, I can't reiterate that enough steve thank you so much for your time tonight it Ooh, was absolute, absolute a full hour and a half I, I there you know. go we got is are we past your bedtime yeah, you getting a little sleepy close it's close sun, <laughs> yeah close close the sun's going <laughs> down big guy it's still a couple you know? innings of the red sox game i'd still be up the red sox are on so i'd still be up so. <laughs> okay. uh, so so we'll let you go steve uh last question i have for you speaking speaking of uh memorabilia uh what's the weirdest piece uh that you've signed uh, that a fan has brought to you today? Yes, besides body besides body parts uh, you oh, sure? I, I, yeah. I, I, never mind. I signed a bra, which is awkward. You know, like that was very bizarre. Um, the 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 actually strangest thing was at, here in Maine uh, at uh, Coast City Comics. I I did I, that's who I did the Batman cover for. So I was doing a signing there, and uh, somebody comes up and they've got a, a small tortoise. And like, will you sign his shell? Oh my like, God, no! And no. like, okay, but so they they shed him anyways. <laughs> He said that the, the, the oh shell is gonna, the shell's going away. It's not going to affect him. And I was like, all right. So I just did that. And then uh, a little while later, 
and dispose of the person I signed the turtle for, uh, the tortoise for, brought a goat in, and I had to, I signed the goat's antler and drew a turtle head on the goat's. They're, 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 the impetus for them doing it was they they were living on this farm that they were renting, and they wanted to keep renting the farm, but the owner wanted to turn it into um, a bunch of condo units. So they were trying to get enough attention for their farm, drawing enough people in with weird things like that, that that was their... I, so I was like, oh, I guess, you know, if it helps you, awesome. You know, here you go. But that was pretty bizarre. That was about the strangest was... That's a weird one. A goat horn. That yeah. was even weirder, because you're looking at that weird devil goat eye, you know, and you're doing it, and you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> please blink. Please blink. Uh, yeah. Please blink. Please blink. Don't, don't talk like the devil or anything if you do. Hey, don't take my soul. <laughs> I've seen Dragon in hell. Don't you start talking. <laughs> exactly. So you're going to be in Louisiana soon. Uh, you're also doing Granite State. And, Granite uh, State is but it, probably a show I'm looking forward to. Uh, other than, you know, I'm doing Belgium, uh, which is wonderful. But um, yeah, Granite State just will be a lot of fun. It's it's an, it, I, I don't know if you, have you guys not, ever done that show? Uh, no, I've been wanting to, though. Okay. It's, it's a great, well-organized, small show, small to medium. Um, but the fact that it's so well organized and stuff makes makes all the difference in the world you know you kind of um makes you happy thank you for the beverage my wife decided to bring me wait nice that's what she brought me she brought me a nice michelangelo cup oh very cool (laughs) thank you Uh, um, so yeah, Grand State. I'm, re- I'm just really excited for that because I, I think it's going to be a, a gift for Turtle fans because I don't think there'll ever be the Turtle Con that everybody always asks me about. You know, like will it ever be everybody at one place? And like, oh, hey Ben, she just left Ben. Um, so yeah, to me that that's kind of like that. I'm looking forward to it for that aspect of it again. Being who the Turtle guys and stuff like that, I think it's just very exciting to how happy it could make a lot of fans. Um, you know, the opportunity. I know they keep adding new and more and more people to it. I know. Uh, um, Judith Hogue, of course, is doing it. And yeah. I know Greg Sipes, who was Michelangelo in the uh, Nickelodeon series. Well, I'm excited to meet him, uh, you know, because I'm a nerd for the Nickelodeon series. That's probably my favorite version of the Turtles. Uh, just love the designs and everything on that particular show and loved everything after the first season just was wonderful. The first season was meh, but when they let him play, they were awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, I think I'm going to try to go to that one. Uh, so I'll let you guys know if uh, if I'm going to go, if you want to join me. So we'll uh, we'll let you go, Steve. Um, Jabo was just asking real quick, what's the coolest thing you ever signed? I don't know. There's nothing cool. It's all turtle crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad, well, isn't it? Uh, well, you, know, well, you know the hard thing is, I, I yeah, I mean, uh, I mean the coolest thing I guess would be a goat. I mean, yeah. goat horn is a pretty cool thing to sign. It's weird cool at the same weird. time. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing. It's always kind of normal stuff or turtle things, you know. So yeah. yeah. To, oh, token. Oh, the token dad cover. Yeah, I did a yeah. cover with the token dad. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 and have, I always uh... like to take up. Hey Ben, I always love to take up Bill Diamond space if I get to sign that. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, no, it's a it's an ongoing joke that Bill and I are angry at each other because I I even draw his he likes to do a diamond with his name in it. I think I did a diamond on a couple of things just to make him happy. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, he's, Steve, he's Steve, where do you like people interacting with you on social media? Uh, well, uh, you can reach me, you get quicker answers on Facebook, uh, on the Shellback Artworks, uh, and you get more art, which I'm really horrible at. And I got to do a bunch of, uh, posts on Instagram on Shellback Artworks. Very cool. And, uh, I have all those links in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. Uh, Steve, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for your time this evening. 
And yeah, uh, we'll You're check you out at, uh, at uh, Granite State. And, you know, we're, we're with Ben and Jeff all the time. So I'm sure I'll, I'll see you sometime soon. So yeah, thank you, you so much, sir. They had the trouble with those two. Yeah, I'll yes. try my best. <laughs> we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Yes, no, no, no. We, no that's the wrong, wrong movie to reference right now. We just say to you, Steve, Cowabunga. Cowabunga to you Cowabunga. all. Cowabunga, dude. Cowabunga to you. Nice. <laughs> see you, Steve. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Steve. Thank you. Uh, uh, that was too cool. That was too cool. Thank you everybody for watching. Uh, we still have a little bit of show left. We'll, uh, 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 right. How much of the show we can cram in 15 minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so actually I wanted to bring this up during the show, but, uh, uh, with, um, you know, we had, you guys had so many awesome questions for Steve, so I didn't want to interrupt it. Um, but we, oh, he was a little shocked. Wait, with wait, the wait, I a timer for 15 minutes. So hold on. <laughs> go <laughs> uh lady gaga and talks to play with uh playing joker 2 as harley quinn and it could be a musical what do you think of that okay yeah. I, okay listen it's just one of those things where i don't say anything until i see a trailer okay because yeah. uh, again nerds want to talk and fume and foam at the mouth you know honestly if it's gonna be great let it be great if it's gonna suck let it crash to the ground like the Hindenburg. Okay, in the end, if you want to see it, shell out the dough. If you don't want to see it, don't. The choice is yours, Captain Planet. Continue. <laughs> Uh, I love the first one, so I, I'm interested to see what they do. Um, but this is it's early talk, so we, we don't know what's going on yet. Um, what the or hell is happening? With, what's the that? choice is yours, Black Sheep. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry, Leo. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Ezra Miller, what the fuck? What what the absolute fuck? Yeah, that, okay. that we don't have that long of a show to get into what's going yeah. on. With him. Okay. He let, is let, losing let, it. Let, listen, let's just agree. His it's done. There's there's honestly, I think they're probably gonna maybe do if Flashpoint isn't done, they're gonna probably. I thought, I thought do it's it. filmed already. Isn't it filmed, Drew? Yeah, but but now it's even the thing that I I, I just want to say this. Okay, this is the thing, and it's funny because me and my girlfriend were talking about this. Is sometimes you have to really acknowledge that despite how talented people are, whatnot, actors are still people. They can still be crappy people. They can be a talented actor, but a shitty person. And, you know, did I like hearing this about Ezra Miller? I mean, have I been the biggest fan of his work? No, but he did decent stuff. He was an okay Flash. I liked him in the Fantastic Beasts. But when they you find something like this, it just ruins all of that. You know, um, it's kind of like what happened um, with Bill Cosby. You had this icon, this person who did so much. And then the second you find out all the things that he did, that just all that washed away, you know? And I think that's just the thing is, is any good that your legacy does is ruined by this reprehensible thing that you've, you've done. And I'm sorry, there's really like, you can't say that there's essentially Rich said, right, that we can't, we don't have time. We've already spent three minutes talking about this. We don't have the time for it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But, well, I mean, you know, just crazy stuff. And we don't know everything that's what's true or not. But apparently he groomed this minor and he's like missing with her right now. Um, it's just so, not good. Cor correct. Correct. Yeah. That is what the yeah. news is reporting. And they are trying to serve him and he is not available and he's sending weird memes that he's in another universe so yep. whatever for that yep well he's, well well okay so what i'm hearing is flash has now become zoom so mm. or he, he just he went reverse flash he went oh, reverse yeah. flash or so how well, quickly can he kill his career <laughs> um with time travel, flash? anything's possible 
in yeah. a flash. Well, so so speaking of flash, um, rumor is that uh, Keaton has been spotted during the Aquaman two filming. Nope. I don't I don't know what's going on there. And speaking of Aquaman two, uh, the Turd Queen herself, uh... <laughs> Amber Turd. Uh, so uh, rumor is right now that uh, so one uh, insider is saying that Amber Heard has been recast. A uh, WB spokesperson says it's inaccurate, insensitive and slightly insane. I think the whole thing is insane. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens when the movie actually comes out. Wait for um, recast for two. Like they're going to take her out and put someone else in. That's not happening. Yeah. So apparently at one time, like her screen time was like down to only like 10 minutes. Okay. And now it's like back up to 20 and we don't know what's going to happen since the trial happened. Uh, uh, DC Comics has announced that a new Superman crossover event that wraps up Philip Kennedy Johnson's World uh, War World Saga promised to send Kal-El back to Earth and uh, it uh, kicks off with Superman War World Apocalypse number one out August 30th. Okay. May I also talk about one, one brief news thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, please do. Uh, um, I just want to bring up that um, right now a comic book great is currently in the hospital. That would be the wonderfully iconic artist uh, Tim Sale uh, has been rushed to the hospital. Um, they didn't. They have not. Uh, this was announced online by I believe Jim Lee. Yes. Who did this? Um, they didn't really say what's going on there. Um, some people feel that some of his word choices kind of hint that this is not good. Thank you, Jabo. Next time you should be on there. You totally commented more than all of us. Um, but back to what I was saying, I'm hoping this for a speedy recovery because it's been a rough year in terms of us losing comic book greats. Like I'm still, I think I'm still recovering from the, the, I think the comic world is still recovering from the loss of George Perez. I was watching and, some and of Neil Adams the, and Neil Adams. That's two. Yes. Both of them. Yeah. Um, who's i definitely feel that loss is going to be seen, uh, when we're at Trificon, um, especially Neil and George both. But my point being is it's been a rough year. Um, I, I think I can speak for everybody here. We've reviewed a lot of his work. Uh, we're really hoping for a speedy recovery, you know? Um, best of luck. That's, I think, that's all we can say, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, totally. Next. Uh, okay. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, Nico Santos from Superstore has been cast in an unknown role. Yes. So, yeah. He, Love he him. Was, oh, yes. Love Thank Superstore. You. Love you Superstore know, was uh, an amazing show. It really, you know, I got into it a little later, and I am all for an awesome ensemble cast. Like honestly, and like I've worked jobs like that, so a lot of what they touched on, I was like, thank you, God. Oh, it was totally that. Walmart, you know. <laughs> oh, you know, um, it was great. It's a great show. It's always nice. It's always funny when you see other actors from it in different things, like in different shows. You're like, okay, you're here. Okay. Like the guy who played Jonah was in Silicon Valley. And yep. I was like, oh, okay. This is nice. Um, oh, Leo, if you yeah, go to Grand I'm totally up Cannoli. He wrote it down. That's legally binding. That's a oh, yeah, legally yeah, totally. binding agreement for cannolis. If you if you break that, Jabo, we gotta godfather you. Wait, can't can't why can't we have cannolis at Terrificon? Yeah, Jabo's never missed a Terrificon. Come on, Jay. No, no, no. we're we're gonna have a table there too. You better come and see us with cannolis. 
You know, also, I, by the way, I feel like suddenly if if we ever have a panel about us, I feel like someone's going to bring up, Drew, why are you always eating at the beginning? Yeah, of I, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just going to be like, because I do a lot for all of our, our, our I, I am literally five minutes to myself to make dinner and then eat it. And today was hamburgers and it was delicious. Okay. So, and I have to say, I greatly appreciate the time you spent with us, Drew. So it's, uh, you know, I, I apologize for cutting into your dinner time. No, it's uh, fine. It's just, I, I just always feel so bad because I'm just feel like I'm always eating at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I'm just always munching on something. Even Rich is like, "Well, Drew, what did you have today for us?" And I'm like, "No, no, this isn't about me. Don't, don't, don't put this on me, Rich." Like I feel like if well, we're that, could, on that could be a weekly panel. What's Drew eating? Yeah. You know what we need to do is we like we idea. need to move the show like after uh, Still Token with because oh, at no. the end of that Jeff is always going oh, to go oh. eat like that's the sign off is he has to go to dinner and then we can cut well, to Drew having dinner Drew eating having well, dinner well, well, so what I'm hearing is the best crossover is just me and him sitting down at dinner being like I was your show it was good shut up and eat oh, yeah. um, all right fine <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking of superstore uh, you know just real quick since since we brought up you know uh, superstore and Walmart um, I, I'm sure I, I don't know if you guys have ever had like a Walmart experience where um, so we had to run Sorry. out well so you know going okay i'm just gonna say this out loud uh we had to go out to walmart uh we went out like really late at night it had to be like 1 a.m and okay. i said uh you know uh, i wasn't gonna go in um so i i went and i'm wearing my uh my <laughs> uh superman night attire <laughs> And jammies. I'm jammies. I'm wearing Superman jammies. Rich, is it jammies or a robe? I'm imagining. No, it's, full... it's a one. It's a one piece that he can unbutton the butt part. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, no. If it is, he's got a cape with it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. A little one though. It's a short cape. Yeah, exactly. Because you can just see him going to the bathroom. It goes down just to the middle of his back. That's it. Yeah, just, yeah. So anyway, anyway, I'm sitting in the car. I didn't plan on going in. It's like one o'clock in the morning. And uh, my wife texts me, uh, they have a Millennium Falcon here. <laughs> oh, shit. Do I? <laughs> okay. So... I have one more question. Were you wearing shoes or were you wearing like, you know, out? I was, going I was out wearing slippers. Sli slippers. What would you have footies <laughs> on? Wait, what kind of slippers? Uh, they, they were just regular slippers. Like just a standard like brown slipper? Okay. Uh, blue. Blue, 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 blue slipper. I'm, imagine, right. I'm imagining him like one of the grandparents in Willy Wonka. Got the long shirt with the hat on, <laughs> you know. Looks like Scrooge oh, in the movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I, hear, I hear you have Millennium Falcons. Oh, dear boy. Star Wars Day it is. Yeah. Uh, it was a real so, Lego or toy? Uh, it was a toy. Okay. So uh, I I go into the side entrance, uh, you know, thinking like nobody's there. It's like one o'clock in the morning. It's like mm -hmm. almost nobody there. So I figured it is okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, I go, I check it out, and it wasn't you know the one I was looking for. So I decided oh. to finish shopping with her, you know, because the store was virtually empty. In your Superman jammies. In my, in my Superman jammies. We're yeah. in checkout. And wait, 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 one piece or two pieces? This two, pieces two pieces. Two pieces. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, as always, that, that would happen. I'm in line with her in my Superman jammies and walks by as somebody I work with. Thank nice. God someone. Thank God she loves you. She goes to you at Walmart 
at 1 a.m. and she is seen with you. And if someone asks, is he drunk? You're like, no, that's just my husband. <laughs> no, 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 no. The real question is, what were you doing? What were you picking up at 1 a.m. at Walmart, Leo? I can't remember what. I think it was like somebody's birthday that weekend. And, and we okay, were, so, so yeah. it wasn't like a devilish snack a or something. It wasn't, no, lube. No, no, no. it wasn't lube. Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, yeah, because I, I, honestly, that's what I thought. I was like, this is something embarrassing. So it's either tampon. <laughs> that's why I brought it up. Uh, uh, um, um, like uh, Pepto-Bismol mm-hmm. um, you know something sensitive that he doesn't want to tell Emodium. but again <laughs> yeah right you know he, he's picking you know he's buying uh, materials for dynamite um, I don't know anything <laughs> Leo you're yeah, getting it, walk at 1am like do you understand how dangerous that is what you could see there like this is like going to a 7-Eleven at 3 a.m. You don't know wait, what's wait, happening. Wait, Walmarts are open at 1 a.m. Where? Uh, there's because, a uh, super Walmarts are open 24 hours. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Rich, because, because one, consumerism is 24 seven and two, yeah. somebody has to suffer. So Walmart will make sure that someone will. Okay, so, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that, that's, that's my Star Wars story. And we got a bunch of comments apparently. <laughs> Yeah, you're a grown man in Superman pajamas. Is he one of those where he's he's a grown man, but he's five? Does he, you know, like Jack, Robin William and Jack, you know, you're eight, but you're a grown man. Okay. Uh, so yes, uh, J-Bo, I was one of the people at Walmart. On the website. Oh, uh, on the website. <laughs> if I, if Leo, I'm sorry. If I find that, that's going to be the when you call photo. I'll be like, Oh, it's super jammies. Wait, Hello. Leo, that, that's the idea. Can we do that for the business cards? Just you and your Superman jammies and like a little cape that like just goes down to like just, just past your shoulders. That'd be hilarious. Uh, I'm, I'm going to need to find a cape now. You know, I have Let's plenty of Superman cool. shirts, but. Yeah, I can see it now. Let's get, let's get Krypton comfy with it, yo. Leo, a giant diaper and a Superman shirt and the tiny no, little. No, let's not embarrass him. Like no. That. He's not bad. I'm not trying to embarrass him. I just think that sounds fun. I No, listen, Leo, I'm going to make this. I'm going to make this very clear for Terrific Con, whatever you do. I don't wait, wait, wait. You're requesting for cannolis. Jabo, cannolis. We're saying it. Uh, he says, uh, T. Ferelli McNeil said you have to put in a request in for cannolis for a terrific con. Yeah, that's oh, right. Okay. Oh. Hold on. I, I, I got this, guys. We would like to please the cannoli gods by bringing us delicious pastries full of, of calories and sugar and spice and everything Italian nice. Otherwise, we will have to invoke the Godfather law in which we leave the gun, but we take your cannolis. So... <laughs> Please, Mr. and Mrs. McNeil, bring us the cannolis and maybe one donut. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, speaking of cannolis, you guys caught up with the offer? I, I know, Riches. I know. I, 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 I'm going to Leo. episode to go, though. Leo? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, J-Bo. Uh, yes, we'll all see our doctor after Trevicon. Um, I'm still very behind. I have not caught up to the offer because I'm catching up to every other show out there mm-hmm. did you at least watch miss marvel no i, I okay he, I, I need to say this i'm warming up to the idea of watching it because i heard it's actually pretty decent it's uh, yeah. i think, True. I think we, what we, I'm gonna, we, we've got an into yeah. the spider verse vibe going on okay well oh listen. yeah 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 it does it does okay listen um, i i'm gonna probably wait till it's all out so then i can just I'm watch it. yeah thank, thank you Jay-Bow. Jay-Bow. 
Um, somebody said that that Bruno character is possibly the next Iron Man. All right. Is that her friend? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, that's the 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 friend, childhood friend, mm -hmm. inventor, potential love interest kid. Yeah, right, right, right. He made the gloves. Yeah, right. and he had like that lab where he was tinkering yeah. with stuff. Right, okay. he's always the tinkerer. The tinkerer. Uh, okay, I I know we need to wrap things up real quick. Uh, Raw ten, Todd McFarlane, uh, Whip and Rooster Teeth team for uh, doing an animated series based off of the figures. What the fuck? Yeah, nice. No, no, no. It's not that Cygor. That I'm sorry. That King Kong mech mashup reminds me of Cygor from Shmoo. yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so it's uh, Deadline Hollywood's reporting exclusively that Todd McFarlane uh, Films is teaming up with Warner Brothers and Rooster Teeth Studios for an adult animated series inspired by the Raw Ten action figures. Okay. Can I just say one thing? Can I just say one thing? Are we ever gonna get the Spawn movie? This man keeps doing so many more things. I'm just like my dude. Just give up on it. Just give up on it. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, great animated hbo yeah that's all you're gonna get james gunn tweeted this today hinting at a uh, another new uh uh the, the, yeah new so show it's the, the thinker the thinker the thinker yeah, so if, if the thinker because i thought the thinker died in suicide squad by the way yeah, spoilers spoilers yes starro ripped him apart right so maybe it's a prequel maybe. You know, I, don't, I don't know all i know is that's pretty great that uh, peter capaldi was definitely one of the many highlights in that amazing uh, movie. Um, last news item I had is the new spider suit is revealed in a homage to Secret Wars. Issue eight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. That yeah. okay. Listen, someone's gonna make it. Listen, let's just be real. Someone's gonna make it. You know, that's just the inevitability. There's always somebody who has enough time and money, even in this uh, horrible period in history. Someone will make that suit. We'll see it at a con somewhere. So. Yeah. Um, that's the news I, items I had for today. I need to say a few things. One, the boys. Oh, keeps, yes. keeps killing it. I need to just say that anybody who's watching it, I would love to discuss it with you on, in a private message. I don't do discussions over the DM. And two, if you haven't caught up, please catch up because this new season is firing on all of the cindles. Oh, hell yeah. Cindlers. Cylinders. <laughs> like, Cylindricals. I can't. Shut up, Rich. Um, mm. But it was great. Um, Leo, I have to be honest with you. I'm I'm having some real mixed feelings about Kenobi. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you there. Okay. I'm, I'm, no, it's, it's I'm, understandable. I'm, yeah. I, but but I, Drew, the, you, you can't tell me you don't love that little actress playing Leia. She's remarkable. Oh, no. She is the best part of the series. Besides seeing Ewan literally showing that he is one of the best. Um, I will say this though, the thing I do did like to see is that I read an article where, because everybody knows that Hayden Christensen is going to cameo as Vader, uh, aka Anakin again. Um, well, he, they he's, said, he's been in it though, right? That's yeah. been in it, yeah. uh, spoiler in the Bakta tank. Right. But the point being is the day he was on set, they said the entire crew, even people who were off, came on set just to watch the scenes be filmed, to see this stuff happen. And Ewan said it was one, to see such support and appreciation and love was one of the best things he's ever seen in his whole career. And 
I'm just glad to see that because we, because Leo and Rich, we've talked about, you know, how Star Wars is a good example of where fans really turn on actors for the portrayal of the characters and whatnot, which isn't exactly fair a lot of the times that they right. get such hate because the character maybe isn't as well liked or doesn't live up to their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just nice, nice to see to hear that. tonight that turtles don't have that kind of connotation. Yeah, you know, and funny, I was I was thinking that like like a lot of the fan bases I know, I can think of a few instances of where there's just I'm gonna be honest, there's crappy fans, just you know, crappy um, elitist bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I, for the life of me, I can't really think of an experience where, uh, you know, a turtle fan was just a, a dick. I mean, I'm sure they exist. You know, I'm sure there's a Krang somewhere operating a, a, a toxic fanboy or girl, you know, either one. Oh, you but mean you I, like the CGI turtles? What? Ugh. Right. <laughs> you, 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 you know, um, but I honestly can't think of it. Everyone I've met, and I've met a few of the turtle people. Everyone's really pleasant and they, they enjoyed their experience working on it. And it was just so funny because I didn't get to ask Steve this. If we have him ever back, I will ask him this because he's the inspiration for Michelangelo. And I'm thinking, Mikey, I'm thinking him on top of the T Rex wearing the bat, uh, cape and cowl, or in the Ghostbusters crossover, he's rocking a proton pack. And I'm just thinking, I would ask him, like, which one is more you? And I feel like he would say it's on top of the T-Rex where in the Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It it definitely, you know, uh, seems like he's a Batman fan as well. So, oh yeah, but uh, yeah. Can, can can we just both acknowledge, can we all three acknowledge? Like I said, I was a fan of the Street Sharks crossover, but he really sold me on the Daredevil crossover. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to get that print. Yeah, and and yeah. rereading that first three, I totally forgot about that until today, Drew, when I reread it like an hour before the show. Right. I mean, that, it's that's just so him. cool. And I, and I wanted to ask him. I had one more question because um, Stockton, what, what's what's that character's name? Something uh, Baxter Stockton. Baxter Stockton. Baxter Stockton. I was wondering if that had anything to do with the Baxter building, because at one point he had the letters all inverted for the name of the building that he was first blowing up. And I was like, oh, that's like Baxter. And that's his it name. Might. I was like, I was like, wonder if they were pulling more more nerd stuff that we weren't even aware of. Well, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me a lot of a lot of that back in the day. You could get away with that, um, you know, which is another thing, great thing that, you know, you never know. And it's always funny because. Whenever I'm working on articles for Screen Rant, sometimes it's, it's oh, I know this. I'm like, yes, but you know this. But what happens if someone else doesn't? Right, right. You got to share. You know, you got to, sh- you know, sometimes it's about remembering that not everybody is an Uber fan. There are some people who don't know every, t- you yeah, know, there there's some people, people that like know every planet in the Star Wars universe. There's some people who don't know. No, I don't. I don't every version of the joker there's some people who don't know all the ghostbusters and their respected multiverse components you know it's possible sometimes it's about what you don't know that you have to share you know and uh not knowing is half to battle gi joe and that's our show everyone so (laughs) yeah we'll we'll wrap it up because i know as uh we ran late i want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening definitely check the show notes up above or down below depending on where you're watching or listening to us for all the information on our awesome guest that we had earlier and if you missed it just hit rewind you know and check it out uh Steve, steve levine was an amazing amazing guest uh, and uh, with that being said, Drew. Oh, hi. I'm clearly a fan. Um, oh, but... were you prepping something? Because I, I forgot you were prepping. No, something. no, no. Wasn't a prepping a photo shoot. Just wanted to just get my fan out. Um, it's hot in here. 
Um, but Andrew, um, when I'm not being an, uh, a total jackass on Spice Pages, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I do things for Screen Rant sometimes. Um, I do things here. If you're looking to meet me, I will be at the Terrific Con page. Um, and uh, yeah, you uh, keep on keeping on. Yeah. Velvet Joker. And uh, Rich Davis here. Velvet Joker, as you well know, here every Tuesday night on the award winning Splash Pages, a comic book club. And you can find me, uh, Velvet Joker 2021, on the gram, Rich Davis on Facebook. And uh, if you have any really like bitchy things to say to me, just hit up Leo at leopond.com. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what you gotta uh, do yeah. and speaking of me just google leo pond you'll find a bunch of stuff could be true could be not but more importantly follow these awesome dudes uh and i run a little thing called the dorkening podcast network we got about 40 shows on the network there's a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff so head on over to the dorkening.com which you can find all the latest episodes of the latest shows there and uh with that we'll catch you guys later bye Peace Peace out. Out.